demonstrating that in our lives. Help us to trust and trust in you alone. I pray, Lord, for all the special needs that we have, and we need you to be with us. I pray that you'll answer these prayers that were prayed tonight, others that are on the hearts that weren't even mentioned, that you're aware of all of them. Bless our pastor and his family as they're away. I pray now that you'll bless this stewardship time. I pray you'll take me as your servant, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with thine Holy Spirit. You bless the preaching and teaching of God's holy word. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. Three Wednesday nights ago, we began our teaching on Christian stewardship. Let me say that stewardship here at Crossroads Baptist Church is not a new thing. We've been doing this now probably uh, some 35 to 40 years because we believe in stewardship. You can't have a good church or a good ministry until we learn the importance of being good stewards. Uh, we began our teaching uh, three Wednesday nights ago from 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, uh, talking about one of the great stewards and ministers in the Bible, the Apostle Paul. Paul got saved, and of course he had been out in the world and persecuted Christians, so he knew a little bit about what he received when he got Jesus Christ and what was given him and his responsibility. So he was writing to the church of Corinth and he spent 18 months there teaching and preaching and he wanted to get a principle uh, over to them as he was teaching. As a matter of fact, uh, he said there in chapter number four, he says, uh, let a man account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And here's what he's saying. He said, you know what? I got saved Going to heaven would have been enough, but he says, God left me here on earth and he trusted me uh, with the mysteries of God. In other words, there was something special he got from God and God trusted uh, it to him and he says, I'm, I'm a minister, I'm a servant. And then he says that I am a steward of the mysteries of God. In other words, God has given me something and then he has trusted me to be a steward. Now, a steward is simply someone who manages the household or the affairs of another. Every one of us who is saved is a steward. We won't talk about what kind of a steward. None of us uh, has reached the level that we ought to be or want to be. Nevertheless, salvation made us a steward. So Paul had, a, had, a, had an attitude that I, we, we need to begin to get a hold of if we're going to understand stewardship. He says, I, I, I'm a steward. I, I, I'm a manager. There, there's, I, I'm a, a guardian of something that doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Almighty God. He says, now God's given that to me. Uh, and he says, there's a requirement. He says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, let's understand. As a saved person, I'm a steward. As a steward, there's a requirement. I'm not required to get rich. I'm not required to get educated. I'm not required to have power. I'm not required to have a, a certain status in life. But I am required to be faithful. So that's the requirement of a steward. Now, since I have that requirement, there's a response. The response ought to be, if I'm required to be faithful, 
My response ought to be, I'm going to try to be faithful. You believe that? So we all stewards. All right, we got it down. You, if you save, you're a steward. So I ought to be working on this requirement to be faithful. Paul took that very, very serious. As a matter of fact, he said uh, uh, that as, as a steward, he said to the church of Corinth, I'm not really concerned about what you think about my stewardship. I'm not really concerned about what the rest of the world thinks about my stewardship. As a matter of fact, I'm not even concerned about what I think of my stewardship. When I look at what I've done or what I haven't done, he says, uh, for I know nothing by myself, uh, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. All right, he says, I've received this stewardship. There's a requirement for me to be faithful. I've looked at my life. I see that I'm okay, but I'm not justified because there's one who's going to judge me. So I need to understand that as a steward, one day I'm going to be judged by the one who sees all, knows all, keeps all the record. And all he's asking me to do is be faithful. Be faithful. You are steward. You are to take extreme care, good care, of what I've trusted you with. Well, let's think about what God's trusted us with. Time. I'm going to be faithful with my time. Talent. I'm going to be faithful with my talent. Treasure. I'm going to be faithful with my treasure. And I'm going to have this attitude. It belongs to God and my response is going to be, I'm going to do everything I can while I'm here on earth to accomplish this one thing, to be faithful. So in order to be faithful as a steward, we started giving us some principles. Principle number one is, if you're going, a faithful steward will have some accountability. We looked at that in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 when God took Israel uh, out of Egypt, took them in the promised land. He says, you're going to the promised land, two things are going to happen. You're going to find prosperity. You're going to face problems. But in both cases, remember the Lord thy God. It is he that gives you the power to get wealth. Whatever you get in that land, you didn't earn it. You got it from God. So you're to remember the Lord thy God. Here's what we ought to remember and be accountable when it comes to stewardship. Two things. Number one, God owns everything. I'm just taking care of what belongs to God. God owns everything. He owns my time. He owns my talent. He owns my treasure. He owns my family. And I am one day going to be accountable for that. So I need to be faithful to what belongs to God. So there's an accountability, and it helps me to be a good steward and be faithful if I realize God owns everything. Secondly, God owns me. He purchased me not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, he owns everything. He owns me. I take him wherever I go. Every decision I make, I ought to keep in mind that God owns me. 
I can't do what I want to do. I can't go where I want to go. I can't behave the way I want to behave. Why? I'm a steward managing time, talent, and treasure, and I belong to God. So faithful stewardship begins with accountability. Then we looked at, at uh, Genesis chapter 18, and we saw the second principle last week, dependability. There's accountability. God owns everything. God owns me, and therefore I, I, I need to try to be faithful. Well, we saw an example of a man by the name of Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. God was about to do something very important. He was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's son, Lot, dwelt in that place. Now, can you imagine someone telling you, I'm about to destroy a place where your nephew is? But here's what God said about Abraham. Should I keep this from him? He said, no way. You know why? I know him. I know him. I can trust him. Whatever I tell him, no matter what it is, I know that Abraham is dependable and he will do what he's supposed to do. So we saw last time when he was talking about Abraham, he said, I know him. I can trust him. If I'm a, a steward who's accountable to God who sees all and knows all, then I need to understand I need to be dependable in taking care of what God has allowed me to manage for him. And he said four things in Genesis 18, verses uh, 17 through 19. First of all, he said, he's dependable. I know him. Therefore, I can share my plans with him. I can tell Abraham what I'm about to do. I can share with Abraham what I want him to do. I can share with Abraham like I did in Genesis 22 when I took his only son and took him up and told him to offer him as a sacrifice. I can trust him to do what I tell him to do because he's dependable. I wonder sometimes how much trust God has with us. I wonder if God looked down at one of us and said, I want to share, I want to share something with you that I want you to do with your time. I, I'm going to share something I want you to do with that talent that you plan to make a lot of money with. I'm going to send you to a little church somewhere in Timbuktu, and I want you to get up there and sing for the glory of God. If I share that with you, with all your talent, what you plan to do, are you going to do that? I can share that with Abraham. Well, what if I told you after you got all that good job that I was going to lead you to go to a church that had a special need and you were going to listen to me and give for that to happen because you're managing my treasure. He said, I can share with Abraham my plans and I know he'll do what I share. 
He said, I can shower him with prosperity. I'm going to make of him a great nation. And you know what? He's going to become great and wealthy and do a lot of things. But I can trust him and shower him with blessings. You know what? He's going to think about others. He's going to think about my work. I can't bless him too much. That will take him away from what I've called him to do because I know him. He's dependable. Thirdly, we saw that he says, I can trust him to share me with those who are precious. You know, like his children, family, friends, and others. I can, I, I can share with Abraham that I want to have something to happen with that one son that I gave him, and he'll do it. I wonder if God were to look down upon folks at Crossroads Baptist Church and say, that little baby that I just gave you, one day I want that little boy to be a preacher, not a doctor, not a lawyer. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But I want to share with you what I want you to do with that precious one that belongs to me. After all, you're a steward. He said, fourthly, I can depend upon him that he'll be spiritual with his possessions. Whatever he has, he's going to think, how do I honor God? What's the most important thing for me to do? I, I can trust him to put me and my work, ahead of what he wants to do in his life, he, he's, he's dependable. I can trust him. I remember a number of years ago, 1980, when I, years ago, I used to be the vice president of a medical organization called Medical Personnel Pool. And I had a German woman that worked for me. Her name was Herta, H-E-R-T-A. She kept all the finances she did. And after... The owner of that business closed it up in 1978. I surrendered to priests and started the Bible college and uh, closed up that medical personnel pool. One day, Herta walked in my office and said to me, um, she said, Lou, why don't you start a nursing agency? I said, Herta, I'm studying for the ministry. I have no desire to start a, a nursing agency because I'm studying for the ministry and the second reason, I don't have any money. And so she said, but you could do it. She said, I'd come to work for you. I said, no, I, I don't think that would work for me. So I went to talk to my pastor. And I said, your pastor? I said, um, I told him the story. This lady wants me to be, start a nursing business. And I said, but I'm, I'm in my second year of school. I don't want to get involved in business anymore. And he said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, Lou? He said, why don't you go for it? He said, you're one of the few Christians I know in all the world that I believe, and you can ask him this, he said this, that no matter how much money you make, you'll always do what God called you to do. You know, God's looking for some people that he can trust. He can look, he's looking for some people. And, and by the way, I've lived long enough, preached long enough, counseled long enough, been around people long enough, money changes people. 
There are some people who pray more when they have little and pray less when they have a lot. There are some people that go to church more when they catch a ride and somebody pick them up than when they get a nice new car that don't have time for church because they use it for everything else. God's looking for some people that he can bless that will be spiritual. Keep him first in that which we are managing for him. Abraham was that kind of person. God could share his plans with Abraham, shower him with prosperity. He knew that Abraham would share him with those who were precious in his life. And that he knew Abraham would be spiritual with his possessions. And God's still looking for those kind of stewards who are accountable and dependable. Now, if I'm going to be faithful, there's an accountability. If I'm going to be a faithful steward, there must be dependability. God has to be able to trust us. If we want more time, God said, I'll give it to you. But I want to trust you. I want you to use it for me. I'll give you talent, but I want you to use it for me. I'll bless you with treasure, but I want you to use it for me. And then the third principle is availability. If there's an accountability, God owns everything. God owns me. If there's dependability, God will share with his steward his plans. God will shower his stewards with blessings. We're going to manage it. God wants us to share with those who are precious things about him that will lead to them being used by God. And God always wants us to be spiritual with our possessions. So if there's an accountability and there's dependability, then the next thing is there must be availability. All right? So if God can trust me and I'm accountable to him, then let's make available what he's given me to manage for him. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, many of us are familiar with this passage. There was a special offering for the saints of Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul, who started the church of Corinth, told them about what was going on. The church of Corinth made a promise to be able to give to this special offering for the saints of Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul, who was a missionary, church planner, servant, steward, went out into Macedonia, told those poor churches in Macedonia what the church of Corinth had promised to do. One year after they made that promise, they never kept it. But they got so excited in chapter 9, you see it in verse number 2, where they, were, uh, they heard what was going on in, uh, in Macedonia, and uh, yet they got involved. They got excited about what was going on. And they participated. Though they were not wealthy like the church of Corinth, they participated in the offering. The apostle Paul writes this letter back 
in chapters 8, 9, and 10 gives an example of what they did. Then there was an exhortation to get them to do what they had promised. Then he talked about how expedient it was if they did it. And then he says, let's execute. Let's do what we're supposed to do. And I want you to notice how these churches made available under different circumstances what they had for the glory of God. And notice, if you would, in verse number five, it said, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You know how I make my time, my talent, and my treasure available because I'm dependable, because I'm accountable? What is it? I, I, I mean, I'm flesh. Flesh never wants to do right. I don't live in an easy world. It's not always easy to do some of the things that I'm challenged to do. Well, here's an example of a church that was not wealthy, rich, but they got involved and made what they had available. And I want to give you several reasons why they did it. Notice verse 5, it says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. They made it a priority. You know what good stewardship is? Having some priorities. There are a whole lot of things that takes priority to be a good steward. You know, I can't imagine some of the things that I do on a regular basis, how I could survive if I didn't do it. For instance, I make prayer a priority. If you're going to pray an hour, hour and a half every day, it has to be a priority. I, 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 make, I make certain things. I make reading my Bible several chapters every day for some 47 years. I make that a, a, a priority. You, you have to make time to do that. I mean, if you're going to be a, a husband, you're going to be a, a father, or you're going to be a, a mother, you've got to have some priorities in your life. They first, they, 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 made, they put this on the top list. There's some things I, I have to do. I, I make them a, a priority. There are very few times in my 40-some years of being a Christian that I failed to bring my tithes and offerings to a church. The few times I've forgotten, I felt backslidden, like I'd robbed God, even though I could have put it in that night, or I could have put it in that next Wednesday, or I could have asked Nita to come pick it up, or I could have, I felt on the first day of the week, I make that a priority. I fill it out on Saturday nights. And the few times I left it, I filled it out on my desk and my Bible was in, in, the, in the kitchen. You make priorities. If you don't have some priorities in your life, you will not make your time, your talent, or your treasure available. But I'm to be faithful. I'm to be a good steward. It's required that a steward be faithful 
then I would have some priorities. Secondly, he says, they first gave themselves, notice the phrase here, to the Lord. You know what, you know what, you know what the good stewardship is? Knowing who you're doing it for. I preached and pastored long enough to know that you could stand behind a pulpit and get people to do things because that's what the pastor said. That's what he expects. If you're going to be a good steward, you got to do what God expects. He sees it all. They weren't giving to the church. They weren't giving to the deacons. They weren't giving to the pastor. They weren't singing for this, this person or doing this. They did it for the Lord. They first gave themselves to the Lord. We need more of God's people to understand what stewardship is all about. I will have no problems making my time, talent, and treasure available if I have some priorities and I give it to the person, the Lord. He, he sees me all the time. He knows my inner thoughts. He knows my feelings. Uh, you know, Pastors don't always know what you do. We, we, have, we have, when I was pastor, pastoring, I didn't look at what people gave in, in church, so I have a right to do it. But it's amazing how many people ride on the blessings of others. You know, you like, people love to get in this thing where you, where, where, where you throw it all in the pot and nobody knows whether you participated or not. Be careful about that. We're, we're all steward. It's not required of some to be faithful. It's required of all to be faithful. You got to have some priorities. They first. You got to give to a person. And let's look at that verse again. Verse number five. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. And unto us, notice this, by the will of the Lord, will of God. So I give, I have some priorities. I give to a person, that's the Lord, but I'm persuaded by the will of God. In other words, I wasn't coerced to do something. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't uh, do it because of who saw me. I didn't do it just to please. I, I was persuaded by the will of God. In other words, that's why I spend so much time on principles on who we're doing it for because the flesh always wants to get praise from man when we ought to be concerned about what God sees, what God knows. I'm telling you from what I know from the Bible, what I know from experience, you'll never be a good steward until you learn to live by principle. If you live by feelings, you live by what you think, you'll never be a good steward. They were persuaded by the will of God. This is God's will for my life. And then because they made it a priority, they gave to the person, the Lord. They were persuaded by the will of God. But in verses 1 through 4, they were persistent. These people didn't start and stop something. We had a lot of starting and stopping it, with, with time, talent, and treasure, start something, stop. I don't feel like doing it. I, just, I don't know if I'm going to do it anymore. 
and we start and stop. Christianity is a start and stop program. But these people gave to this particular thing as a priority to the person of the Lord, persuaded by the will of God in spite of all their circumstances. They were persistent. He says, moreover, verse number one, moreover, brethren, we do you the wit of the grace of God bestowed uh, on the churches of Macedonia. By the way, God has a lot of grace he's trying to bestow on somebody. His grace is sufficient of every situation. Verse number two, notice what they were facing. How in great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I mean, they were in deep poverty, great trial. Didn't stop them. Verse number three, for to their power or to their ability, I bear record and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. They had this thing worked out. They had God involved. The grace of God was upon them. They demonstrate good stewardship of making things available. And by the way, there have been some people around this church over the years have made their time available. I mean, they're, well, I better not start calling out names. I'll get in trouble. But um, I would call one of my, there's a fellow around here named Everard Martin. We pay him a big salary to work here. He's a maintenance man. He's a fixing man. He's a, he's a truck man. He's a, everything. Comes to work here all time day. Pay him a big, I, I know because I handle the finances. Pay him a big check. And I can't find any place where Nita has remembered to write it. I mean, he makes his time available. I remember Stephanie used to come to the daycare. These are two retired people. And I, I couldn't, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not even ashamed of mentioning it because he knows how I feel about it. But people, are, and we've had other people over the years, they make themselves available. They're stewards of the work of God. We have, a, we have another young lady around here. I won't call her name. In the last several weeks, have been given to everything substantially. Youth ministry. Harvest Festival. CDC 23. Given at the level of many others put together don't touch. Because they make available Young lady told me one time, I said, I was talking about that. She says, well, I believe God put me here that I could be a blessing to the church because I know what the needs of the church are. I mean, those are the kind of people that builds God's church. And all of us, everybody can't do the same, but we all ought to say, I'm a steward. And by the way, I believe in stewardship with all of my heart, all of my soul. I believe that God saved me, left me here, and my priority in life is how can I use my time, talent, 
and treasure. I know what it is to run two businesses, go to school, still go on bus visitation six hours on Saturday, knock on doors. I know what all of that means, but you can't do it without priorities. You've got to have priorities. You've got you to believe that the salvation God gave you is worse everything we can manufacture to give to him. And I'm a firm believer, even though there's more probably from a worldly standpoint, more prestige in being the president or CEO of a big corporation, everybody thinks that's great. But I've never one day ever regretted that Sunday night July 16, 1978, where God looked over me and said, you know what? I know you plan on using your business to help churches. I know you've committed all of that. And the more you give, and that's all good and everything, but I want you. And that night I surrendered to call to preach. The rest of it, it's like Paul says, dunk. It was not important. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Thank God. It's a privilege to be a steward. And all God ever asks for us is not how much money you make, how much education you get, how popular you are. He said, all I want from you is to do the best you can with what I required. Moreover, it's required of stewards that a man, woman, boy, a girl, be faithful, be faithful. That's accountability, dependability, and availability. Now, I got all of that in. The next week we're going to have, we're going to talk about how available your resources are for the work of God and how you're using them for his honor and his glory. So if you thin out next week, I'll know because I told you ahead of time we're going to talk about the stewardship of your treasure. And then, hang on, I've got one more week after that, Pastor says, and I really want you to be here. I'm going to talk about the stewardship of your time. The time that many of us just loosely use as a steward because we have forgotten we're accountable God expects us to be dependable and available. After all, it's required in stewards, which we are to be what? Faithful. Our Father, thank you so much for being a great and wonderful God. I know all of us, every single one of us, we have shortcomings when it comes to our stewardship. I pray you'll help us to have some priorities, to be able to realize we're doing it for the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, may we be persuaded that this is the will of God and be persistent that we might respond to the requirement to be faithful. And that response will be, I'll do my best to be faithful as a steward. After all, you have entrusted me with time. 
with the talent, with treasure. May we be faithful in how we use them. In Christ's name we pray.